the best part of your week is about to begin. This is the time where we talk shop, swap stories, and share lessons from our wild adventures in the creative industry. With each and every lovingly crafted episode, we strive to bottle that magic, warm, electric feeling you get after coffee with a new friend or attending a fantastic breakout session at a creative conference. You might start as strangers, but you'll leave as friends. Buckle up, settle in, and get ready for this episode of Freelance Fridays. Hello and welcome to another episode of Freelance Fridays, the show where we get some creators together and ask them one big question. I am joined, as always, by my amazing co-host and the original inventor of the peace sign, Ashley Ulmer. <laughs> Let's be real. I did not invent the peace sign. The Spice Girls did, okay? I just claimed it as my own. <laughs> if you guys haven't going? seen it yet, uh, Ashley did a killer illustration of the Spice Girl, Spice Ghouls, <laughs> which is a delightful play on words. Um, yeah, if, if you, you're always talking about the sauce, I feel like that... that you, you, your sauce is like 90s, wonderful little illustrations and like quirky ideas, like mash those together. And it's it's always something unexpected and wonderful. But yes, Ashley, we're not talking about the Spice Girls today. What are we talking about? What's our big question for this episode? Well, first of all, I think we an episode just to talk about the Spice Girls would be actually really quality content. <laughs> but we are not talking about that today. We're talking about how to create merch that sells out. Like what is a good way to be successful in running a merch line and a clothing line? And I'm really excited to talk about this. This is going to be really fun because I feel like I have, I, I have quite a bit I can contribute. I, I'm excited about this too. And I was thinking about that, like, oh shoot, like not only is Ashley an accomplished designer, but for those of you that have missed like previous episodes, Ashley and her husband have like run a print shop. Um, so not only you've kind of been on both sides of the, of the coin from like client designer to like designing for people to selling your own stuff, kind of seen every step along the way. For um, sure. yeah. And, and I'm also super, super pumped about our guests. I, I'm excited about each of them individually, but I'm really excited for to have them both on the same episode too, because I know they'll they'll have a lot of great notes. Yeah. Um, the first one is my boy Corbin Crosby. You guys may know him from Jonah the Brand. Uh, I I'm trying to think of the first time that I saw your stuff come into the world, dude. Uh, but it was definitely like I think it was one of those creative arts department hats. Like that was that was yeah. Kind of like, your 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 claim to fame but i mean you've got so many cool ideas beyond that and love uh love seeing all your new drops um and we're also joined by the one and only pedro tuma Hello. pedro's pedro is uh you may know him from his involvement in friends and family and pedro you and i have i've, I've bumped into you a couple of times you may not remember but i think one of the first times i actually spoke Actually, my wife spoke to you was uh, at the VU conference a few years ago, but during COVID, during the pandemic, they had a breakout session and uh, my wife sent me to go get some Chick-fil-A and I was like, oh, like, uh, how was the breakout? She said, it was cool. There's this really great guy in there. His name is Pedro. I said, you chatted with Pedro Tuma for 30 minutes while I was at the store. And so uh, it's 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 been cool seeing your journey uh, from afar. Like both of you guys are are visionary and have some, some really just interesting uh, stuff to bring to the table. Uh, guys, 
thank you all again for joining us. Let's uh, let's go ahead and just jump on into this topic. We're going to be talking let's about do it. how to sell out of merch. You guys have both done it. And, and I, I think it's always interesting to do this because like you, you can't ever, I, at least I assume you can never like guarantee or pick, um, you know, what's going to sell out. But yeah, uh, would love to kind of just hear you guys kind of share about the process and, and what that looks like for each of you. Uh, we're going to go round robin. So we'll go Corbin, Pedro, uh, Ashley, Josh. Cool. Dope. So, yeah, the, just like the kind of process for us of selling out. Yeah. Merch. How do you, how do you, how do you know, like, which one's going to have that spicy, like that special little something that's going to like, Ooh, that oh. one's going to fly off the rack. Well, I've never known that. <laughs> I have so many <laughs> products deep and I cannot <laughs> figure it out. Um, but I mean, for us at, at the beginning, it was just kind of all we could afford to buy was the lowest minimum. <laughs> and so okay. we sold out because we only had 20 of anything. And so it was just like, that was, that was our selling out. And so, I, I mean, yeah, I, I love, just I, kind I, of, I've certainly told youth pastors to do the same as like buy less things than you think your kids like buy way less than how many kids you have. And like, you want that to create that scarcity, um, whether it's artificially 100%. or authentically. And like, I love, I love that. That's kind of your approach too, is, is like, let's just get in there with that minimum order, baby. Yeah. Minimum order. And when we started Jonah, I mean, it's kind of evolved now, but like when we started Jonah, the like sell out mindset and the like scarcity was like so big. It was in quarantine and like all the, you know, like all the drops, the the sneaker drops and the brands, like the faster you can, drop something and then say it's sold out the cooler you were oh, yeah. so the minimums were like were the dream Two. because it was like oh i only have 24 i literally have 10 friends that i asked to buy it so i only gotta sell 14 of them so let's do it <laughs> i love that what you got pedro um i, I think for us it we never like plan to sell out for me, it's always like, even to this day, I'm happy. Like I always have like a very low expectation. So it's like, if it passes out, I'm cool. And so even at launch for us, it's like, honestly, for me, for launch is like, if I sell 20 t-shirts at launch, I would be super happy, you know? Um, so for me, that was like my goal when we launched was if I sell 20, 25 t-shirts, I'm good. Um, there was nothing strategically that we did that we're like, this is what we're going to do to hopefully sell out. Mm. Uh, but I will tell you this. This is what I, I learned is in the beginning, selling out is really cool because I think it creates like that culture of like people not wanting to miss out for mm -hmm. the next drop. So that was cool for us for like the first three drops, four drops. But now it, and it's cool and and it does create that, but then we go so long without having anything on the site. So it's like uh -oh. messages of like, yo, we're trying to buy the stuff, but and this has happened even till right now. Like, but so then little by little, I tried figuring out, okay, what's the quantity that we got to do to not sell out? So now <laughs> we're, we're selling out is not cool. Having inventory on our site is cooler. Yeah. Dang, that's, that's facts. Yo, 
That's that's a mature problem to have. Like like so many people are like, I have all these boxes of stuff that I can't move, and you're like, wait 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 wait. Like let's balance the hype with actual business sense here. Um, yeah, like right and now, I see my that. Goal, my goal right now is, which I don't know if we're gonna hit it, but I I want to have a lot of product for Black Friday. We've never been able to do mm-hmm. a real Black Friday because we don't mm-hmm. have anything. Sure, sure. Yeah, so, yo, yeah. That's. That's so I love that. It's also crazy I too because coming through like with like trend speaking, like when we started selling out was cool, but like now no one sell now it's all print on demand stuff. So like yeah. no one is even no one is posting those sellout banners because just like Pedro said, it's not cool anymore. It's like let's put this up for a window, sell as much as we can, and then we print on demand to fulfill everyone that mm-hmm. that ordered. You know what I didn't notice that I didn't know that brands did? Like, I thought brands were selling out for real. But I I was hearing a podcast the other day of this brand. Um, it's like a women's brand that a lot of girls follow. And I, I think she kind of slipped up in the podcast. <laughs> and it's like they, they literally market sold out. And then, and I always wonder, like, yo, how did it sell out? Like, what did you do? You remade more and then it just a couple months or a month later, now you have more inventory. Yeah. So what they do is they market as sold out, hold it, and then just re-release it as a restock. Yeah. They're generating that hype. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is pretty genius as well. You know? Yeah. I don't know if I would do something like that, but... I, I guess like it's it clever, but then there's a little I, part of you that's like, ooh. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's kind of like playing with fire a little bit. Like that's like a little, that would make me feel like nervous. Like if I was doing that. Um, but I can speak to like selling merch that sells out. Like, um, so I don't know if you guys know my backstory, but my husband and I, we had a clothing line starting in 2007 through 2000. 13-ish. And so I haven't had, like, I haven't sold the clothing line. I mean, I've done little lines and stuff throughout the years, but that was like our bread and butter for like a hot minute. And I'm, I'm interested in when we go, keep going to kind of talk about how you guys market differently now than we did back then, because it was a totally different market. But the thing that I found that made us sell out back in the day is, is the hype around it. Like, so we would get bands to we would sponsor bands so like basically like the equivalent would be like an influencer today so we would get a band to wear it in a magazine for us or on myspace or on a music video or whatever and because of that people would think oh they're so much more legit you know or whatever they seem a lot bigger than they are and people would want to buy it because bands were wearing it so that was like how we would sell out and i would notice back then like the trend would be things that would sell out were definitely more simple um like less colors just like the one color big logo type of thing um and definitely like our like genre or market was like scene kids or like you know the music scene so we would always sell out of black tees like no matter what the design was if it was on a black tee it was gone but like if we tried doing like a weird yellow or something like that like it would be a lot slower um so i don't know i guess it kind of depends on who your market is like how how you present it to them and how much it's going to sell out. Yeah. Ash, all this time, I've thought you guys were like a mostly like print shop for 
bands. So bands come to you like, here's our like crappy artwork, like make a hundred of them, please. That was, so the first, <laughs> there's like, there's two waves. So we had two businesses. So the first one was the clothing line, which okay. like, like I said, we were marketed to like scene bands. We were called Bill Arms back in the day. Um, wait, wait, that was we got to look this up. What's it? What's the name of it? Bell Arms Clothing. I don't think you can find anything. Maybe on MySpace. Like, try looking on MySpace Bell Arms. I think if, I don't even know. There's no website for it now, but you can try even. Can you still go to MySpace? Like, is the actual website still? Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's on Yelp. Is it? You're on the Yellow Pages also. We had the clothing line first, and then we, like, morphed into screen printing because we were doing that anyway. And then we had churches at the time asking like, Oh, who prints your shirts or whatever. So we're like, Oh, well, we can just do it. So we started doing screen printing and then the clothing line died. And then we just did screen printing for, you know, a few years and then that died. And then now we don't do that anymore. <laughs> We'd love to see it. That makes a ton of sense though. With like the crossover audience there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like yeah, that. if you can find anything, Josh, that would be hilarious. I, I don't am, even know if there's I'm, anything. I'm pulling it up. I got you on Yelp. I, it's it's coming up on Google Image search <laughs> with a lot of like uh, wedding stuff, but like this this okay. is I I 100 showed my up to these type of so activities back in the day. <laughs> Unclaimed. I'm gonna go claim it on <laughs> Yelp. Yeah, there you go. No, those are not okay. That was our logo. <laughs> We're gonna bring it back. <laughs> for real i've actually thought about it i'm like i kind of want to secretly revive it but i'd have to like dig into like the the depths of who would even remember it like it'd be like old scene kids like hey guys do you remember us yeah that's like my uh, throwback to a niche of a niche like audience there <laughs> yes um yes. isn't scene like kind of like coming back there's like a big like reunion oh heck thing yeah happening right now yeah like with all the when we were young and blinking and, and, and yeah it this would be the, the perfect time. time. You know what? That's a really good idea. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Go claim it on Yelp before I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So that's an interesting one. Um, I would love to, like, for context, like, hear from you, Corbin and Pedro. Like, what's y'all's backstory? Like, I know who you guys are today. And Corbin, like, you know, when I worked with you on some of those designs, like I know or I gathered some of your like backstory and kind of process available mm-hmm. in like reels and stuff. But like what what, uh, you know, what experience did y'all bring to the table? Maybe at like day zero <laughs> of starting the brand. Day zero, zero experience for me. <laughs> I have no, I love no like design background. No, um, we actually have a print shop now, too. The first day we were in our print shop, we bought it from a guy here in Seattle, no printing background, but um, I had a music background, went to school for music and was releasing music and just couldn't afford to pay people to do my cover art. And so mm-hmm. kind of got a Adobe trial during quarantine to uh, make my own cover art. And after I retired from music, I decided to uh, keep on with the graphics because that was what I actually enjoyed doing. The music just made me depressed and stuff. <laughs> and so it that. just kind of snowballed into to Jonah now. That's cool. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Corbin's literally living out the millennial dream. Like COVID happened. <laughs> he's in his apartment. He's like, I want to start a clothing line. And I've had conversations like this with people all the time. They're like, I want to start something. I'm like, cool. Like, sounds great. Like, here's what I know about, like, the risks and in getting involved and stuff. 
Um, but you literally did. You had like the single, like pulling single screens in your house. Like you, you got the one order of hats done and like just ship drop ship from your house. Or I shouldn't say drop ship. You shipped them out mm-hmm. from your house and the thing just took off and now it's your full-time gig and you got a brick and mortar. And that's, I mean, that's it, dope. It, it feels like you just kind of, I, mean, I don't know, whatever. And then like, we're wildly successful. Like, is so nice of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you're doing you're doing what a lot of people wish they could do. I, I should put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really did more than I did during quarantine. This guy did music, learned to design, started a clothing <laughs> Man, I was bored. <laughs> did it all. I learned I learned how to make acai bowls during. Quarantine. Nice. <laughs> that's a great that's skill. <laughs> I'd give it all up for an acai bowl, honestly. Yeah. um for me when we started the brand i've I've been doing design for a while um i actually started off in like the print industry so i had a printing company back in like 2005 we did like you know the banners and flyers and all that type of stuff and then 2008 like when the market crashed all of our clients were like realtors and contractors Mm. yeah all went out of business and then that's when I got into apparel. Funny story. I don't know if I've told a lot of people, but I hated doing shirts. Like people would walk into our, our office asking for shirts, like for their business. And I would always turn it away. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't like doing it at all. Like designing it or like the process of ordering it? No, like designing um, the process of uh, the, the whole. Pro- yeah, the whole thing. I just didn't like doing Weird. shirts. Yeah. Um, so then when I had to close that down, um, I had to end up, that's how I got into apparel. So I, it was, I ended up getting a job designing t-shirts. The way that I got the job was literally putting flyer graphics on t-shirts. Mm. Like that was my, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like I, trying to make it, which is, they're two different worlds, designing for print and designing for apparel is two different yeah. worlds. So I get this job and a couple of months into it, like they call me into the office to kind of fire me. He's like, Hey, you're a great guy. Super nice. But he's like, your designs are just not cutting it. And that moment oh, is, man. is what changed my life. Literally. I walked out of that office because I couldn't lose that job at that time. This is like when the market crashed, everything was, yeah. so bad. I walk out of there. I'm like, bro, I'm learning everything there is about this industry. Like, I'm not just going to learn how to design. I'm going to learn about, uh, materials. I'm going to learn screen printing. I'm going to learn fabrics. I'm going to learn who are the designers in the industry. What are the, de- and that's literally what set me apart was that I never became like this amazing designer. Even now, like you look at myself, it's very simple, clean layout stuff, but what's always set me apart is like the knowledge of the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So I did that for a couple years. Um, I think I was there for about a year and a half or two years. And then I started Tuma design, which is our agency designing for other brands, um, which I still have. We do that. I've had that for, I think about 15 years now, almost. Cool. Um, So yeah, I've had all that experience before starting. Um, And then with that Tuma design, what we do is all clothing brands. So we do um, creative direction and design for them. So I always knew what it took to start a clothing line. That's why it took me so long to do it because I knew the amount of time and money that it took to do it. Yeah. yeah. So when I started friends and family, I knew it was the right time to finally do when it. When did friends and family start? Like what year was that? 
I think it was um, 2018, I want to say. Okay. That's about when I bumped into it. So I didn't know if I was like late to the party or not. But yeah, yeah. I think it was 2018 when we started it. Cool. Yeah. Probably so I started working on it a year before we launched. So 2017, okay. we launched. Yeah. I yeah, that was delightful. And oh, go ahead, Ash. Oh, no, no. I, you can go ahead. I was going to ask him a question about both of their experience as far as screen printing, like brands that are like on trend now. Like, cause I'm, I'm, like I said, we, like I knew what we were doing like back in the day, but it's different now. So, like, I, mm. like, my goal is to start not, I don't want to start like an apparel line, but I definitely just sell some merch along with my stuff I sell. So I wanted to like pick their brains a little bit as far as, and then also kind of compare the difference between 2007 to 2022. Like, you There's know what no I mean? Difference. Like it's the exact same. Like, difference. Yeah. Like, literally <laughs> like I'm like a dinosaur. Like it doesn't like, compete. so um, anyway, no, I was going to ask you guys, like, what is the best way that you guys have found to market yourselves? Like, is it social media? Like, is that your biggest um, thing? I know, like for back in, back in the day for us, it was MySpace and you know, that was, that was it. And then also like print stuff like magazines and stuff, but that's, I know print is basically dead, like in my mind. So is it mostly, have you guys found success through um, campaigns on social media, like marketing that way? And do you guys pay for that type of stuff or is it just all kind of organic? Uh, for us, we, yeah, we pay for all of our marketing is done through Instagram. We're like trying to, to crack the TikTok bubble, but it's taking a little longer for us, but we're, we're doing great. We have, um, we do everything through Instagram. We run paid ads and boosted ads whenever we have drops that we try to do once a month. And they're honestly, they work great for us just in terms of engagement and, driving people to the website and we've never done any marketing outside of Instagram and we love it. It's been great. Cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What about you, Pedro? Um, I actually, the first brand I ever did was I think in 2000 might, might've been 2009, I think. And it was a kid's brand. And I don't even know like if Instagram was like popping back then, mm -hmm. yeah. but like the way that we would market that was like, it was a kid's brand. So we were like on all like the big mom blogs, hmm. getting yeah. about the brand and all that. Yeah. Yes. So that, that was good. Um, to be honest with you, like we, we haven't done any marketing for friends and family. We've never done any paid marketing. Um, and it's not because we don't want to, I think, again, it comes back to just, by the time the marketing rolls out, we don't have inventory. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's why I've never been able to like really plan it out strategically. Mm -hmm. uh, which again, you know, people could look at that and be like, oh, how cool you've done it without marketing, which is not cool at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I think the way that Corbin's in, like you guys have marketing, I think like, and I want to get there. We're literally working towards that. We just got to figure out what are the quantities we got to do. Yeah. Inventory. Mm -hmm. and even when the marketing because all that stuff takes time to hit it's not like you roll out this marketing ad campaign and it hits right away it's like it takes time yeah yeah, um, yeah. so you know we're just trying to figure all that out even like getting it out to like a lot of my friends who would help 
promote this and like if people were to see it on them i've never been able to really do that either you know mm. like because it's just one of the hardest things of, of our brand is like just planning everything out it's like mm -hmm. the the oh, for real. the theme of the collection getting the designs done then planning the photo shoot planning the you know what the photo shoot is going to look like then everything on the website the social media role, that whole thing yeah. it's like it's so like people don't understand like how much time a lot of hours that takes yeah so then try to think of also it's like oh let's get a package out to this person before we do the drop you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, mm. and then all that and then it's like okay now we got to do production how long is production going to take can we get samples to send those out first it's this mm -hmm. whole you know so yeah when it comes to marketing we we haven't done any right now mm. Interesting. And I would assume, Pedro, like, you know, a, a clumsy fix to that is like, oh, let's just 5X our order, right? Like, you know, you'll have product then, but then you're like on that like razor thin yeah. edge of like yeah, hype versus, versus business kind of deal. Yeah, like, I, I'm the type where I freak out with that stuff. Like, I have clients oh, yeah. ask me, oh, how much should we order? I'm like, bro, don't ask me. Like, because I'll have <laughs> five. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, because of that kid's brand, the story with that kid's brand is like, to this day, I think it's the coolest kid's brand I've ever done. I don't know. See if you can find it. It was called Bumps and Bruises. Oh, um, great name. Yeah, which is the dopest name also. Um, our logo was like a little <laughs> blade and it was a spoon. Oh, um, cute. Yeah. So what happened with that, like, I thought it was amazing. We ordered all this inventory. I literally thought we would sell out day one. Like that was my mentality. Like there was, yeah. no, there was no plan B is like, we we're selling out day one, dude. I had inventory of that in my <laughs> for five years. Like I literally, and I, it would just sit there. I'm That's like, the I want to get rid of it until finally mm -hmm. one day I literally just gave it all away. Yeah. There it is. That's cool. Can I see some, Oh, there's the website. Yeah, I can I can definitely feel that picture. Oh wow, had, I love that. What is that? Instagram? This is on Facebook. Okay, Facebook, yeah. There you go, you see. Oh man. <laughs> the fist. How cool. Yeah, I can feel that. Like we definitely had like throughout the years, like there would be some, you know, pieces of merch that would just fly and then some that would sit in our garage for years like and we'd yeah. have to like do like five dollar sales or whatever to get rid of them because like you can never tell like what's gonna do well you know it's crazy yeah. yeah so for me now it's like i'm scared of like stuff just sitting there you know <laughs> that's that is utterly terrifying to me too and one of the many reasons i'm not in this game um is is one i just don't trust my eye like clearly all three of you guys have identified like oh, this is what the people want. Like boxy cut is in or, oh, we need the deep V and it's black. It's not pale yellow or whatever yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Um, the deep v. And yeah. like, I've just never had good, good, a good like nose for that stuff. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the same thing, like, you know, say I do a design that doesn't work for a client, like, oh, we don't like it. Okay, well, cool. Let's do something different. But there's like a commitment with any like physical good like this where you're like, all right, cool. Like we put the money on the table. We've got the stuff here at the warehouse or the house or we're the shop. 
and mm-hmm. everyone hates it. Like they hate the whole capsule. They hate the whole drop. Like, what do we do now? Right? Like that's that would always be playing in the back of my head. I'm sure that's, yeah. that's true for you guys though. Yeah. I always tell people there's this thing called the Edison theory where it's like you, okay. stand, you stand in front of a room and you show them like, Hey, I just, this is my new cold brew coffee that's coming out. How many of you like it? Everybody raises their hand, right? It's like, they love it. It's amazing. It looks so good. The moment you say it's for sale, it's like seventy-five percent of those hands go down. Yeah, so it's like you can't get caught up in the hype of like, oh, all my friends are telling me that they love it. Oh yeah, like all don't, my family says don't that. trust your friends. <laughs> yeah, but again, the lesson in that, like, I always tell people, like, when you want to start a brand, like, make sure you have a good community of people that you know are going to support what you're doing. Yeah. Right. I think mm. that's also the start of starting a brand. So for me, when I started Friends and Family, the reason I knew that it was a good time was not only because I had the time and I was able to do it financially, but also because I had a really good community of people that I knew were going to support what I did. Right. Yeah. So now the ball's in my court. I just got to provide a really good product. Mm. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person like I don't complain about like, oh, you don't like my post or you don't buy my stuff. That's on me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. If, I, if I if I drop a dope hoodie, you buy it. You know what I'm saying? If it's not dope, you're not gonna buy it. Yeah. So the whole thing is like have a community of people that at least you know those people are gonna support to start. But then the hard part comes getting past those people. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. True yeah. brand comes in where it's like my friend supported it, my family supported it. Yeah. How do I get past that? for people to really like it. And not only that, but how do I get my friends and my, fa- my family to support it beyond just support where they actually want to wear it? Yeah. And like it? yeah. That's- like your mom's buying an ugly sweatshirt, no matter what. Cause she's, yeah. she's got to support her baby. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, like what, what would get mom to actually get excited about it? Have that group of people who are going to buy your ugly thing at first, at least just to get it going. Yeah. And then the balls on your core, like, provide a good product. Yeah. And I think the thing is too, is like thinking about it, like brands or even products, like I can relate to that even right now, like, cause I sell my little keychains or whatever, like it has to not only be a good product, it has to have heart behind it. Like it has to have a message behind Come it. On. Like, cause people aren't going to buy a shirt just like, I mean, like you said, your close knit friends, your family, they'll buy it to support you. But at some point, when they have three of your keychains, they're not going to keep buying it. You know what I mean? Like it has yep. to have a message behind it so that people relate to it. So like, like our clothing line back in the day, the message was hope. Like we were like a Christian line and the whole thing is like, you know, we spoke to like the scene kids, like our hope was like the scene kids would come to know Jesus through shows we would do or things. Like it was more, it was like more so like a movement versus the design was cool. Like they wanted to be a part of this community because it meant more than a t-shirt you know what i mean so i think there has to be like some type of message behind it for it to work clothing like there's literally brands that pop up every day like so many of them right like oh yeah what i always tell people the hardest part about building a brand is getting people to believe in what you're doing yeah Mm. how am i gonna get corbin to buy friends and family when he's been wearing you know uh supreme for the last 10 years Hmm. it's like he already knows the brand he trusts the brand that's what he wears how am i going to get him to now trust my brand 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That only comes through consistency, right? And I've, I've always said that. What, what messed me up with that kid's brand was, oh, man, it didn't sell out day one. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you to do this, like, why would people buy it day one? They don't even know who we are, right? Right. So my thing with friends and family was whether we sell five T-shirts today or we sell a thousand T-shirts today, in our in 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 the works is already collection too. Yeah, right? because we're going to be consistent. We know that it plugging. takes time for people to start believing in what you're doing. The only way that wow. that's yeah. is you continue to put stuff out, right? It's like you see it the first time. It's like, oh, that's a cool brand, but you don't buy into it yet because you're so, you still you know these are the brands that you wear right now. Yeah, collection two is like, oh, that's dope, and you start seeing people wearing. So it take that's why I'd say building a brand takes time. And money, right? It's like you got to be three collections in for you to buy one T-shirt from me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, it's just what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I've got a, a question here. So uh, I alluded to it earlier, Corbin, with your creative arts department hat. And if you're only thinking about um, money or like yeah, at some level, even like building the brand, like that was to picking up steam. Um, and actually you've talked about like, okay, like what's the message? What's the story? What, 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 what like kind of universe am I buying into in this brand that I'm developing? Because like Corbin, you could have hung up your spurs and said, dope, I found my golden goose. Like I'm just printing these till Jesus comes back and we'll do them in every <laughs> color. And we're going to like, you know, trying to get one of the Kardashians to wear it or whatever. Um, and like uh, people <laughs> would be doing it up. <laughs> right. And like, and yeah, you've done some like reprints or whatever. Um, but like you, I could tell, like, even from like my very first conversation with you, like, yeah, that's, that's a cool thing that I did, but like, there's more to the story. Like there's more things that I want to do. Like I want to expand beyond that. I'm glad that was successful, but I'm actually trying to get out of the shadow of that and, you know, speak into life. Some of these other things that I've, I've got kind of rolling around in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and Pedro, I'm sure you guys have had the same thing where there's like, I, I don't know it specifically, but like the one t-shirt that every sold out four times, like you could just ride off into the sunset with that. But like, how do you balance like oh, giving the people what they want versus, hey, y'all don't even know you want this yet. Like I've got vision for what this thing could be. Come with me over there. Cause I feel like you've got to like pu- push forward and c- keep people coming along at, in order to to keep everything afloat. It's a really convoluted question, but <laughs> I'd love to hear you notes on that. I mean, for us, we just package it all together because I mean, honestly, we have just rode on the coattails of the creative arts department hats this whole time. They're in every mm-hmm. single drop we do. We've done okay. every color available on the auto website and they sell out every time and they, we just keep dropping them and we keep restocking them. But then we also package every drop is two creative arts department hats, but it's also the hat that you have on that literally says the same thing, but just a different style or this new thing we're doing artsy. It's like packing up. It's just packaging them with the other things that we, the stuff that you say like, Oh, you don't know you want this yet, but yeah, have this on with the creative department, creative yeah. arts yeah. department hat that you have. And like the, the it, I feel like it builds depth to the brand too. Is like the flower guy shirt you, you made and like the mm-hmm. Mariners redo logo. Like clearly there is a story behind the flower 
guy or the flower shop shirt, right? Like, I don't know yeah. what it is, but I'm sure like there's, there's clearly more to, to kind of pull on from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what you said earlier too, like in your question about trying to get out of the shadow of that is also a real thing too, on the, the flip side of it, of no matter what we drop, our DMs are going to be, please restock Where's the creative the arts department hat. <laughs> it's like, please we've done it so many times let me live but yeah like packaging it and um yeah and the flower guy hat is just everything we do is just kind of like by the seat of our pants if that's the the phrase but just one day i got um in seattle we were walking by pike place marcus pike place market oh that was a tough one and um (laughs) got a bouquet and I don't know why I've never liked flowers. I guess just in my head, I was like, I'm a manly man. I don't need to like flowers. (laughs) And I got a bouquet and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm walking around with it in my tote bag. And like, people are complimenting the bouquet and like starting conversations. And I was like, wow, I'm a flower guy now. Went to my (laughs) studio, put it on a hat, things sold out. I was like, okay, solidified flower guy now. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. That's kind of our whole brand is just, ah, what's going to work? Let's try it. Works. It works. If it doesn't, I have one and I think it's cool. So that's all that matters. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Trying to find the flower guy stuff. Um, Pedro, have y'all had a similar thing where, oh, it's not up. It's it's on Instagram. We're having, have y'all had anything similar where like the people just keep pushing for, uh, you know, like, where's our, where's the, the, the thing you'll drop two drops ago? Um, I, I think it happens. There's like certain products that people still ask for. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. Like the only thing we've ever reprinted <clears throat> and this was during quarantine was like this, this like Royal blue set that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, that sold really well and it sold really fast. So we just reprinted it and did it again, but that's it. We've never reprinted anything Mm. before. Um, I think like, I don't know. I, I'm never in, in anything I do. I've, I've never been driven by, um, like by money, right? Like, sure. Like, yeah, we could print a lot more of these and make more money. Um, but I think for me, it's more of like, it's like running a marathon, right? It's like mm-hmm. I'm in, this, I'm, I'm, I'm in this for like the long haul, right? It's like, I'm not trying to make a quick book overnight. Um, and I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just saying like, for us, like there's a bigger story and a bigger mission to like what we're trying to do. And I think like, if we were to be driven by, money like again there's a fine line there because it is important in business to keep it going and continue right. it, obviously right um and again it's not saying that i'll never do it i think if there's a product that i feel very strong about um i wouldn't mind redoing it and if it's something mm-hmm. that's like very true to the brand i wouldn't mind redoing it but as of right now we haven't done anything like that pedro would you up. Would you like say your brand would be more so like there's like, I guess it would be like ex- exclusivity, like as far as like 
once something is sold out, it's done. Like the, and it makes it almost like more special for the, you know, the, the, you know, the customer to have it. Cause like, is it like you won't it's actually it got sold out? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's actually like, like you, once you get like, once these are gone, like you can't get them anymore. Like that's a closed thing. Right. I think, it, I think in the beginning that was kind of the idea, right. Where it's like, we want to create this, um, like want, right. Where people are like in a rush to get it when we drop it. And I think we did a good job at that, even from our very first drop, but like I said, like right now, I don't want it to be like, I want it to be able like where people go on the site and there's a bunch of stuff to choose from. Yeah. Right? A, yeah. Different, they like, can build a whole wardrobe in like, yeah. One group. yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I still would want like some things to kind of like, and I think like every brand, right. There's always going to be these pieces that do a lot stronger than others. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't mind if there's pieces that do really well and sell out. I don't want like the whole collection to just like, yeah. So, cause that's, that's kind of the worst thing ever is like you do all this work to, you know, somebody's talking about you at the coffee shop and their friend goes to, Oh man, that's so dope. Love your sweatshirt. They go on. Everything is sold out. Well, like you've got to really, really make an impression if you want them to show up again, three months later and go like keep refreshing yeah. and checking back. Like you want to have something that they can, you know, that's become exactly a part of the family at that point. No pun intended. Yeah. That's exactly it right there. Is that it's mm-hmm. like, it's like I don't want people to think like, oh, he's saying that selling out is not cool. I'm sure he would love to sell out. Like, yeah, bro. Like if we were to make, you know, these crazy amount of quantities and it did sell out, amazing. Yeah. But I want people like when I talk to people and I run into people, I want to exactly what you said. It's like, yo, go on the site. It's I always have to tell people like, oh, it's not even available anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can so, see that being a, but it's not like, like what you said, like, I think our idea kind of was to be kind of exclusive, but we're not, we want to be inclusive. Yeah. Like, we want to build a community of people that support what we're doing, support the message and are able to buy our products. Right. Like right. I love that right now it's an urban outfitters that just expands, you know, yep. huge. Yeah. That's well, awesome. Yeah, like I think if, if our mentality was that we want to sell out and, you know, we wanted to do that type of model, we probably wouldn't have chosen to go into Urban Outfitters. Can I just say, yeah. like, when we had our clothing line back in the day, literally my dream was to be in Urban Outfitters. That was like the goal and we never reached it. And I, I like I literally sent them like back in the day, you had to send them like a press kit and birch and stuff. And they said no. So congratulations. You're living my dream. (laughs) This is is how much cooler you are than me, Ashley, because even back, back then, like, I don't think I'd heard of urban outfitters. I was a hot topic guy. Yeah, We we tried hot topic too. We probably, I've I've played (laughs) some of the most awkward sets of my life in hot topic stores in like dead malls. (laughs) It's you want to talk about like cringy, like, you you play like a little acoustic set at a coffee shop or something when you've got your crew and you're in the middle of this empty hot topic in Macon, Georgia. And you're just like you're like counting down the seconds of like when is this over? Because like like when you get that sweaty feel, the like AC's running, but you're sweating. That's what that feels like. That was oh like, the worst feeling ever. That's a grind, baby. That's a grind. Uh, that's a whole separate deal, but um. <laughs> Yeah. So 
I would love to. So a lot of our audience is is folks that are on staff at churches or serve churches. Um, and I would love to kind of give these people some takeaways, give them some handles. So, like, hey, I'm thinking about printing merch for our worship team or, uh, you know, our church's 25th anniversary is coming up. Man, so good for you guys having like access to all these cool cuts and, you know, a, a really like engaged uh, audience and like a brand that it's able to take some risks here. But like, how how does this fit in my world? Like, what advice do you guys have for uh, for those folks, because I think that, you know, we talked about like baby stepping into some of this stuff like, hey, you need an audience. Well, a lot of churches have that audience like want yeah. to represent. They're proud of their church. Um, and then like, but just how do you balance like we're doing some brave things uh, without being stuck with a bunch of boxes might be the the way to frame that. Yeah. What what's the question? The question is, I am a church uh, person. I'm, I'm a communication director at a church. Uh, and I'm thinking about printing merch. What advice do you have for us? It could be uh, quantities. It could be, uh, you know, how risky do we get with our cuts and colors or like how do we design stuff that people actually want? Like just any advice to help them uh, have a better experience in that process. Um, I could I could speak on that a little. Um, <clears throat> I think the important thing is to remember that you are a church. Right. It's like you're not a clothing line. So oh, I, shoot. <laughs> I would never I would never recommend the church to like try and get super trendy and do the boxy cuts and try. You know what I'm saying? Like the Speaking I think facts. The main thing is the church. The merch is just something it's like the church is the main event. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like you're at this concert and you're just buying the merch from this event that you're just at so i think it's like you got to keep it simple like even hmm. who right um i haven't done any of like the last couple of drops that they've done but for, like for me it was just even to this day i i tell pastor Rich, like bro let's just do stuff that just says vu on it like very clean and so that's what people want yeah because it's the message that's that's the heart behind it that's why people love it is for what the church is yeah, so that's all it needs. Yeah. Dang, that's good. So for me, it, that that's the main thing. It's like, don't try to get super cool with it. Um, just, you know, I think it, I think it's awesome that churches are creating merch and giving their members something to represent and wear and start conversations. Um, I just would recommend, you know, remember that you are a church, not a clothing line. You're just offering a product from um, this event or this church and this organization. Yeah. Dang. That's it. Summed up right there. You're not a clothing line. You don't have to worry about, you know, like selling out or marketing, just keep it simple. Keep it broad. Yeah. We, we've been working with a lot of churches and a lot of the creative directors that we're working with the churches now are, are young people and young kids that are, that have brands on the side that print on LA apparel and Rue Porter and stuff. But the older people in their church are like, what is this? Why is this a blanket <laughs> that I have on? Why is this neck and collar like this? <laughs> and so just, we have to go, we've realized through trial and error with the, the church that we worked with, you just got to keep it broad, keep yeah. it simple. I mean, everything Pedro said, don't, you don't need the boxy cut. <laughs> you don't need to buy as much as you can and, 
there's no um, harm in doing a restock or there's no harm in yeah yeah anything because you're not a clothing brand yeah that's I think- what I that's what I was gonna say like speaking from like the printing side of it like because obviously we printed for churches for many years so like seeing success in that is kind of like what you said Corbin like you don't have to start out by having like a massive amount of shirts. Like my recommendation for like a small church who's like, Oh, we want to start selling shirts is order even the minimum quantity, like, you know, 24, you know, 45 pieces, whatever the shop's quantity is and do that and see how that goes. But also keep in mind who your market is. So like if you're selling it to the broad audience of the entire church, like you said, both of you said like, you don't need the, the fancy, you know, cuts and all that stuff. Just get like a basic tea. That's nice. You know, it doesn't have to be ridiculous, but if you are marketing it towards like, you know, college age or youth group or whatever, obviously market it towards that. Because if you're going to buy them, you know, I don't, and I don't even know what brands are cool these days, but you know what I mean? Like you're going to want to, you know, get something that they're going to like, but also not oversaturate it and buying so much product where you're going to be left with a ton of merch leftovers. Yeah. So I think there's no harm in doing a small run, selling out and then doing it again. I yeah. will say the flip side of all that though, is I'm a big believer in the church leading in creativity. Mm-hmm. Like, when we first started new church, like literally like my message to the design team was like, I, I don't want to be known as a church that does cool graphics. I just want to be known as that we do cool graphics. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be labeled just under a church that does cool things. It's like, no, we, we do cool things in general. Mm. So like, mm. I'm also a big believer in like, if we're going to do merch, let's do it right. Yeah. Right. Like let's, let's lead in that. But like you said, it's like, you got to know your market. You got to know your audience. You can't be like a small church trying to do crazy amount of things. Um, I think for us, like at VU, we've done cool cut and sew before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've we've also done, you know, the simple stuff, but we've also done like full cut and sew products. Um, but again, our church is very culture driven. It's we we reach, you know, way outside the four walls of our church. Like we've done events for Art Basel, right? It's like the merch mm-hmm. Art Basel. We want to make sure that it's to the standard of everyone who's doing it around us as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's like a balance there, like leading in, in everything that we do, but also knowing your own. Yeah. Yeah, that's super good. And, and I feel like the big takeaway, uh, or to kind of put a bow on that, like you want to you want to like really serve the group that you're making shirts for. So if you're in, uh, you know, rural County of, you know, Arkansas and maybe you're the worship director and you see what's happening in bigger Metro areas and you like this cut and you like this style, but then you're trying to like cram that down the throats of the people that are in your church. Maybe they're heading that way or maybe not. And you need to be open handed enough to, uh, you know, do something a little bit lamer, a little bit less like bleeding edge, if that's what's right for your community. Yeah. Um, and I've been guilty of being that, that like whippersnapper and that, you know, example. Uh, but then on the flip side of that, Pedro, you're kind of talking about balancing out the other way. Like you, the church should be leading the charge in creativity. We should be, uh, 
you know, like creating fresh ideas and bringing new life to some of these conversations. And um, do we need to do like the other pitfall that I see a ton of churches fall into is it feels like they're not even trying, like they're just slapping it on things and like uh, the, the, the logo or whatever it is. And I'm just like, the only reason this is selling is because you guys love your church, not yeah. because you would never <laughs> wear this shirt outside of the context of you're in the, in the room buying it here. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I give like some practicals also. Oh, please. Well, I mean, everything everyone has said is practical, but just like from a, a screen printer standpoint, um, cause just us working with churches and I mean, everyone really, it can feel like such a, um, like daunting, overwhelming process. But, um, when you go to, when you find a screen printer, they're also going to be able to have access to to the to um garment catalogs and they know the ones that are most popular and they know the the good fits of things and like a bell and canvas tee that's what your screen printer is going to say that's the the most popular one and that's just a basic yeah regular cut t-shirt um for your designs the designers out there designer for the churches the the size this is huge for our everyone we work with because all the like young creative directors want to do the huge like cactus like, plant flea market type mm-hmm. stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> like calm down a little bit. It's 12 inches wide by 15 <laughs> inches tall. That's your, that's your print size. Mm-hmm. My artboard starts at 13 by 19 inches. <laughs> oh, then we unless you have, them, unless you, know? you have the over- doing, doing oversized, no matter <laughs> yeah, no, what. Unless you have the oversized screens. We used to have the oversized. They were massive. Like they were like, we have them, but we old. just tell people that we don't because I hate using <laughs> it's a them. Headache. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Your logo size is four inches maximum four inches wide maximum trying to think of all the questions that we get um and yes la apparel and reporter is extremely expensive we can't control that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that i don't know if that's still happening but i remember um you know i'm kind of adjacent to these conversations was i'm helping people develop like artwork and they were like trying to figure out like shirts for camp and or not really camp, I guess, because this was during COVID. But I just remember everything was sold out. Like you could get like like doo-doo green comfort was like the only comfort color you could <laughs> buy for a while there. And it's like, oh, we have uh yeah, the navy you want in quadruple XL and infant. Like those are the sizes that are that are available. But that's that's such a and, and Ash, we've talked about like the stresses. You know, if you're if you're doing stuff on demand for people, like if stuff's off center or they thought the orange was going to be more like brighter and it's more like peachy colored and like, how do you deal with all that? Like it's it's yeah. a messy gig. So mm-hmm. uh, thoughts and prayers to all the people who print out there. And uh, again, <laughs> yeah, message to all the, the folks who are considering, uh, you, you know, know I don't even do, your stuff. I don't even I don't even size the graphics for clients i tell really? them, I, yeah i tell them that i'm not responsible for that yeah because every print shop is that's different great. i throw what, stuff up on like a ugly vector like flat thing and so like here's here's kind of what i'm thinking yeah. here's kind yeah. of a suggestion yeah. on I'll garment color work with a printer to nail that down right i'll mock it up and be like tell your printer like this is how it should look and yeah they could figure out the sizing because the printer <laughs> ultimately is going to mock it up themselves anyway so there's there's well, yeah no, usually the printer wants a tech pack that tells you the size and placement of it. So it's like, you know, I want it three inches from the neckline. I want it to be nine inches wide. 
usually the artwork should come that way. But for me, I, you know, we do it for our own stuff, obviously. But like, if you were to come to me, I do a design for you and you know, you're printing on, you know, again, I don't know what garments you're printing on. So I have, I have nothing to really like yeah. it off of. So yeah, I don't even take that responsibility. There's two things Smart. I don't do. Spelling is not on me. You guys got to do And I don't, I don't do the sizing. Yeah. Because that stuff is like what you're saying. It's like, it's so messy. It's like, it comes back and it's too small. Yeah, yeah. you can't. Well, That's it's out of your hands at that point. Yeah, you can't. The scariest moment is like opening up that box and like seeing the print. Like, and you're like, oof, I hate this. Yeah. Misspelled, too small, too big. I'm not taking responsibility. It's real stress right there. When do you mm-hmm. get the, the packages back? <laughs> yeah, no way. The most stressful thing for me when we had a screen printing shop was delivering boxes. Like, cause we would usually ship. Cause you're like, there. Yeah. Like if you didn't have to physically moment. deliver it and they open it in front of you, that's oh. the worst. And I mean, oh, I hate it. Print out, but like, sometimes they'd be like, oh, we don't like it. And I'm like, uh, let me talk to the guys. Sorry. Like, I don't know. What do you want me to do? Like, I don't know what's the worst. I'm the intern. I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, your name is literally on the girl, company you know? website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, guys, thank y'all so much for uh, for showing up today. This has been fantastic and super insightful. Um, as you guys are going out into the world and placing your orders, please remember that not only is there a designer involved in the process, but be thinking about the people in your community that you're ordering for. And then again, please be easy on your your merch printers. Those are real humans too. And that's a hard <laughs> gig to do. Um, tons of respect for these guys. We've got um, show got links to both amigos down in the show notes here today. Uh, please go buy something before it all sells out because it will. I know. I know they've talked a lot about it. Won't, but it it always does. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you had as much fun as I did. You can join us for live recordings each week on YouTube on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'd love to have you. And you can visit FreelanceFridays.live for more info or to nominate a guest for an episode on the show. If you like the show and you want to show us some love and help us keep this party rolling, take a second and share a link to this episode with a friend. Until next time, adios!